Welcome into Shat Talk, the People's Sports Talk Podcast, with your host, Bradley Shatra. And we are back with the Shat Talk NFL Podcast, and... Now it's the money-making time in the NFL. I mean, all these teams have four games remaining. Everybody has now had their bye. We head into this weekend with all teams playing, and it's really going to get interesting. I mean, you have some divisions that are still very much up for grabs. Obviously, there's playoff implications now in all of these games, if you really think about it, for most of the teams that even have a remote chance. Some teams kind of teetering on season over you're done some teams very much in the thick of things so it's definitely getting interesting this is when teams kind of separate themselves from the pack kind of show who's playing the best football heading into the most important time of year I think that's always a mark of a good team but let's start with the Buffalo Bills who had a real interesting game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the score and the fact that it went to overtime really doesn't exemplify the way in which the game went. But like I said, the Buccaneers were able to beat the Bills 33-27 to in overtime, and Tampa Bay dominated the first half. I mean, they came out, they they took a 24-3 to lead into the half. Brady was great. He's throwing the ball all over the place. You can really see that Brady and Gronk connection thriving yet again, something I think we've all become accustomed to. It's really just what they do, those two. I mean, when Brady needs a big pass and he needs a big play, an important moment, or heck, throughout the game nowadays, I I say nowadays because last season we saw Gronk kind of become a, a blocker in a sense. He really wasn't used as much in the passing game. But now with some guys out like Antonio Brown, you see Gronk getting more involved in the passing game. I think it probably has a lot more, I mean, something to do with the fact that he's much more in shape now. He he has a year of football back under his belt after taking a year off. So that's obviously playing into things here. But then Buffalo came out in the second half of that game and dominated. I mean, they really did. Their offense looked great. It came alive. Josh Allen was incredible. Their defense was able to come up with some stops. And I mean, you look at Josh Allen's stat line. I mean, he was brilliant. 308 passing yards, 109 rushing yards. He had two passing touchdowns. He had a rushing touchdown and only one interception. And he was able to spread the ball around. I mean, five receivers on the Bills had five or more catches in that game. So it's not like he was honing in on one guy and and that's kind of a a one-prong attack in the passing game. That wasn't the case against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that, let's be honest, won a Super Bowl last year. So it was an impressive showing where at first it kind of seemed like the Bills were dead. You looked at that after a tough week, a tough loss for the Buffalo Bills at home in some tough weather against New England. I mean, the media was piling on. I live in New England, so I really heard the thick of it of the piling on the Bills kind of acting like they were dead. And when they came out in the first half, went down 24-3, I started to think maybe they are. But man, they came roaring back, showing that they are very much alive, showing that they can compete with this Buccaneers team that I believe is the favorite to go back to the Super Bowl yet again. I think they are coming out of the NFC. I made that clear on the last episode. 
So if I'm going to give the Buccaneers that much praise, I have to acknowledge what the Bills were able to do in that second half against the Buccaneers. I mean, I do have a big concern when I look at the Bills, but I still think they are very much alive. Now, that big concern that I do have about this Bills team, they have absolutely no running game. And to Bills fans out there, I'm not saying anything that's shocking. You knew that. But now it's really starting to become apparent that it's just not there. And and that's a major flaw of a football team. I mean, you look at what Singletary was able to do. He had four carries for 52 yards. Breida, three for 12. It, it, it takes me a loss for words. I mean, th- that is truly just no production from the backfield And it puts a lot more pressure on Josh Allen. Now, if they meet a team that can guard the pass well, is a good pass defense, where else does Buffalo go? That is, to me, the biggest problem with this team and the biggest worry moving forward. And I think we saw a little bit of that when the weather came into play against New England and the Bills were forced to run the ball. That that had to be a big part of their game plan. Obviously, they did go to the pass later on in the game, but for the first three quarters, they were trying to run the ball, and it was not going well. And obviously, the weather plays into that. And on a normal weather night, though, I wonder if it would be any better. Can the Bills pivot and and get their running game going just enough to set up the pass against a good pass defense? I have a lot of questions about that, and I just, to be honest, don't think they can. From the evidence that I've seen, especially as of late, Josh Allen has to be the running game for this team. He has to make up for their lack of a running game. Now, he's capable of that. He really is because he's incredible when he gets it going with his legs. He he has a good feel for the pocket, and he, he sees the lanes opening up. We've seen that time and time again with this guy. I mean, like I said, he had 109 rushing yards in this game. He's going to have to pick up the load of the lack of a rushing game in this Buffalo offense, and that puts a ton of pressure on him. But let's be honest. They paid him the money. He has the big contract. This is why they did that. They need him to elevate this offense. They need him to make up for the fact that this running attack is really non-existent. The Bills are not dead. I, I still, despite the loss to the Buccaneers, one that really would have put them back in the conversation for the division in a sense, I still think this team is very much alive. I, like I said, the division is probably a long shot now. It's going to take a lot to get themselves back into that conversation. They don't control their own fate, but the playoffs, they should absolutely make. They should absolutely be a playoff team. There is no excuse. Even with this lack of a running game, you look at their remaining schedule. They have the Carolina Panthers at home. Then they go to New England, obviously a very tough game. Then they have the Falcons at home and the Jets at home. Three out of their last four, are home games against teams that are below 500. The Panthers are 5 and 8, the Falcons are 6 and 7 right now, and the Jets are 3 and 10. I mean, that's a really good luxury to have, especially that last game against the Jets. That is almost a give me. I mean, you have to have that game at home against a team that is at that point going to be trying to lose to get a better pick in the draft, you would assume. 
there's no excuse for this Bills team not to make the playoffs, especially after the showing they had against the Buccaneers when this offense comes alive and all of a sudden they're showing some life. If the Patriots lose to the Indianapolis Colts and Buffalo can beat Carolina next week, then they're one game out with a head-to-head and things become a lot more interesting regarding the division. So that's obviously still there. Like I said, they don't control their own fate on that, but it's it's still a possibility. I don't think it's going to happen, but the playoffs have to be – there. there's just simply no excuse for them to miss the playoffs. And like I said, Josh Allen needs to do it all. He needs to be the running game, and he needs to be the passing game. He is capable of that. He has the big contract, and this is why. This next four-game stretch where a part of this team just is not doing or, or holding up their end of the bargain. The defense has shown some some balls, let's be honest with it. I mean, they did in that in that uh, Bucks game. They were able to come up with a lot of stops in that second half to keep this team in it. And to me, against a team like Tom Brady and, and the high-flying offense that they have in Tampa Bay, that's impressive. After a week where everybody wanted to pile on against this defense and how embarrassing it was that they couldn't stop the run when they knew it was coming against New England, would they be able to recover from that? Guys storming out of press conferences. As much as they weren't able to really make a statement in the first half of this Buccaneers game, I thought they made a real statement in the second half. They've shown they can hold up when with their backs against the wall against a really good team like the Buccaneers, a Super Bowl caliber team. Now it's a matter of can Josh Allen kind of make up for the fact that they have a lack of a rushing game. I still believe in the Bills. I think they can make some noise in the AFC. I think they could make a run in the AFC playoffs. But I have major questions about that running game. All right, moving to another team in the AFC, just a different division, the LA Chargers. And this is a team that's flown under the radar. I mean, you look at them and all of a sudden they're eight and five. And this Thursday night, they play a head-to-head against Kansas City, who are nine and four, won six straight games on Thursday night football. But if they get a win there, all of a sudden they have two wins over the Chiefs. They would hold sole possession of first place in their division. A massive game for the L.A. Chargers in this later part of the season. I think it's going to tell us a lot about the Chiefs as well as, yes, they've won six straight games, but really in only two of those games have they looked great or or like the Chiefs, and it was against the same team. So still some answers or some questions to be answered, I should say, about the Kansas City Chiefs. But, man, I think the L.A. Chargers are flying under the radar here. And they're a weird team because you take a look at what they are. I mean, they have the weapons. They have Austin Eckler at running back. They have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams at wide receiver. Even Jalen Guyton, who all of a sudden is getting passes over the top. We saw it this past weekend on that beautiful throw by Justin Herbert. And the week before, he was also involved in this offense. So they do have the options at wide receiver And obviously, Justin Herbert, the QB with the big arm. I mean, this team has the weapons. They have the guys. It just seems like they're not living up to the expectations that their talents kind of set for them. Now, to me, the defense has really let them down. I mean, you look at sports, not their rankings, and the Chargers aren't even in that. This defense seems to be bottom 10 in the NFL. And it makes you question, are they legit Super Bowl threats? 
and without a real legit defense, it's hard to believe they are. But then I think to myself, Justin Herbert is that special, and, and they do have the weapons offensively to overcome a bad defense. We've seen the Chiefs do it, but yes, that when they made their Super Bowl run, their defense kind of came around. So I still question, can the Chargers really do this with a defense that does not seem capable of going to a Super Bowl? And another weird part about them is that you can't really get a read on them because they're losing bad games, but they're winning big ones. You take a look at their wins. They've beaten the Washington football team. They beat the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Browns, the Eagles, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Giants. Now, they beat the Bengals when the Bengals were rolling, and they didn't make any mistake about it. They beat the Bengals. They smacked them around, and they won their first consecutive games, two games in a row. I think it's in like six or seven weeks here in the season. They just have not been able to put it together consistently week in and week out. And there's some really good wins in there. I mean, the Chiefs, obviously, a really good win. The Browns, pretty good win at that time. The Bengals, like I just said, I mean, even the Steelers, they've been rolling for a little while here. I don't believe in them, but they have been rolling for a little while. But you look at the losses, and it's Dallas, Baltimore, which was a 34-6 to loss. Just a drubbing for the Ravens. They lost to the Patriots when New England was 3-4 and at the time. They've lost to the Vikings, who have really been up and down this season. They lost to the Broncos. So they've had some really bad losses as well which makes you kind of question how legit is this team? It's weird. It is. How do you win against such good teams, but drop some games against some not so good teams? When they're good, they are awesome. But it seems like when they're bad, they are really bad. There's really no in between with this team. And consistency is very important, especially at this point in the season. But this Thursday could put them back in that AFC Super Bowl run conversation. And the reason I say that is because that would be three straight wins if they were able to overcome the Chiefs on Thursday night football with the Texans, Broncos, and the Raiders remaining. And like I said, they would have the two wins over Kansas City. They would have the sole possession of number ones uh, in their division. And they, I think, I'm not positive on this because obviously tiebreakers get a little, get a little tricky. The Patriots have beaten the Chargers, so I think they have the leg up. But they would be in play for the number one seed if they were able to win out. But that's a lot of ifs. So enough of the ifs. Like I'm saying, this Thursday is a big test for this team because it could put them back in that Super Bowl conversation. That would be some consistency. That would be three in a row in the most important part of the season. They would then go to Houston. You would assume that's another win. They could really snap off a four-game winning streak here, get themselves in a good spot, and anything can happen against the Broncos and Raiders. This is a team that could get hot at the right time and head into playoffs as a really under-the-radar opponent. Justin Herbert is going to make a Super Bowl in his career. I don't think that's a question. It's a matter of when. Is this season going to be that, that year? Like I said, tough defense. Haven't been able to put it together consistent, consistently. Now, again, win on Thursday Night Football. There's some consistency there, and they're heading in the right direction. This is the time of year to start playing your best football. You, you get it going. We saw it. I always bring this up. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. The Buccaneers, they got hot at the right time last year. There was a point in the season where they did not seem like a Super Bowl team. Now, 
You got a young coach here in LA, young QB. They're trying to grow together. I'm not sure I see a Super Bowl this year, but LA is absolutely building something good. I mean, it feels like we're watching them grow as a team. They were decent last year. Again, weren't able to put it together consistently, just were not the team that they kind of they got off to a hot start and, and set some expectations for them. Didn't really meet those. They have the offensive talent to make a run. I just do not trust their defense. You look at their defense, they're 16th in yards per game, middle of the pack. They let up 25.8 points per game. That is a lot. That's a tough task to overcome, especially if you want to rely on them to have to make a stop in a certain situation in a big game. Can you trust LA's defense to do that? I just don't think so. So it's weird. I don't have a definite opinion here. It feels like I'm swaying back and forth on the fence, and that's never something I want to do because I want to have a clear take. But my clear take is this Thursday shows who the Chargers are. Are they legit Super Bowl contenders or are they pretenders? All right, so to finish off the AFC talk, I want to talk about the AFC North because, man, is it packed standing-wise in that division. Now, the Ravens lead it with an 8-5 and five record. Lamar Jackson did go down with a sprained right ankle against the Browns last week where the Cleveland was able to win that game, a big win for them. They are 7-6, and six, the Bengals are 7-6, and six, and the Steelers are 6-6-1. Six, six and one. Now, like I said, the Ravens are dealing with an injury to Lamar Jackson. They have had some really ugly losses this season. The first one that comes to mind is, is the Thursday night football against the Dolphins. Now, I realize the Dolphins are on a roll right now, but at that point, they were not. And it, it was really an ugly loss, some a loss where they really couldn't get much going. Now, the strange part about this Baltimore team is they were supposed to be really good, and now they're just getting riddled with injuries. Now, another injury they have is Marlon Humphrey to their defense, probably their best defensive player, definitely their best defensive secondary player. So they will be without him for the remainder of the season. They have the Packers this Sunday. Uh, John Harbaugh did come out and say that he believes Lamar should be there on Sunday and playing, but if not, obviously Tyler Huntley will start. So there's some questions there. Could be another loss for the Ravens against the Packers, no matter who plays, but definitely a better chance to be a loss without Lamar Jackson. Now the Browns, they're dealing obviously with the Baker injury that they've been dealing with all year. He is showing a lot of heart playing through that left shoulder injury. They're 19th in points per game, so they just do not score a lot of points. They've been riding their defense. I mean, Miles Garrett has been special, probably the favorite to win defensive player of the year. And it's been crucial for, for this Browns team just solely because of like what I'm saying, they don't have a lot to rely on with this offense. Now, the offense has struggled to stay healthy. Nick Chubb has missed three games. Uh, Kareem Hunt has missed five games. Jarvis Landry has missed four games. So they haven't had their full healthy offense on the field a ton this season. But nonetheless, it's it's not like that one person seems like they're going to be able to come in and change what this offense has been able to do this season. I think they are what they are, and, and that's just an offense that doesn't score a lot of points. And Baker, you got to rely on him not to make two, three mistakes like he usually does. I think he's really struggled this season. I think he's kind of taken a step back from what we all thought he was turning into when he won that playoff game last season against the Steelers. 
and the Bengals. I mean, they changed my mind a lot against San Francisco. I know I was hard on them last week in that question, that final five questions said I didn't believe them. I, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I, I, I don't. I think they're a year away. They feel a lot to me like the Cardinals felt last season, just a, a team that, that's almost there, but just not quite, not, not enough to beat a team like Kansas City or New England, even Buffalo. I, I don't see it, but I do think they showed – you know, some real fight against San Francisco. I mean, Joe Burrow's a playmaker, and it's one of those things where they were out of that game, had to have a really good drive in the final two minutes of that game, and Burrow was able to do it. There's a part of me that's starting to believe they're going to win this division, though. And I know, I, I said, I, I don't believe in them to make a playoff run, and I, I still really don't. I, I think they're more of a one-game-and-out kind of team, but it's hard to not think they're the ones that's going to win this division. The Ravens, obviously, with their questions with Lamar, their defense is, is going to have a tough time without Marlon Humphrey. Overall, the Ravens really haven't been that impressive this season at all. I mean, they've made some impressive double-digit comebacks, but in games that they really shouldn't have been behind double digits in the first place. The Browns, like I said, just don't score a ton of points. I don't, I don't trust Baker, especially playing through that left arm injury. I get it's not his throwing arm, but it's definitely affecting the way in which he he has that presence in the pocket, and it's affecting his play. There's there's no way around that. And then the Steelers, I don't buy the Steelers for a second. I'm sorry. I just I think the Chase Claypool thing was extremely immature. It shows kind of where the state of that team is at. You can't tell me that all guys wouldn't be completely bought in to winning a football game if this team was really a contender. And that's just not what Chase Claypool showed in that celebration when they needed to get the ball down as fast as possible. I think Big Ben has really been kind of hard to get a read on, but definitely taking a step back. I mean, he's had some really good throws this season. He's had some really good performances, but it, it, he tends to start slow and then come on in garbage time, which is never a good sign. I don't buy Pittsburgh. I'm having a, I'm having a real tough time buying Cleveland. The Ravens, to me, if Lamar Jackson can get healthy, I think he's still able to probably carry them to this division title. But if he's not fully healthy playing through an injury, it's starting to look like the Bengals might be the one that come out of this division. And what a story that would be, Joe Burrow's first playoff appearance. I mean, after this team was really in the dumps two years ago, drafting him number one overall, Jamar Chase has been great for them, a great acquisition. It shows, I mean, sometimes when you listen to your quarterback, you let him have his input. It can work out for you. I had my questions about them listening to Joe Burrow. I really did because Penny Sewell was right there for this team to really upgrade their offensive line. A huge problem that was that was an issue for Joe Burrow last season. That's one of the reasons he got hurt. They needed to upgrade that O-line and decided to pass on Penny Sewell, listen to Joe Burrow, and go with his guy, Jamar Chase. And man, oh man, has it paid off for them. So shout out to Cincinnati for, for getting his input and listening. I mean, it ends up working out, and it's brilliant. Now they, they show the quarterback they're all in on it. That's the part I always liked about it. You show your quarterback, we are all in on you. We're going to listen to you. We want to make you as comfortable here as possible and give you every chance to succeed. And... I mean, it's worked out. Let's just put it that way. It's worked out. And it's not like he's the only guy on this offense that can make plays. I mean, T. Higgins is another really good playmaker. They have Tyler Boyd as a wide receiver as well. This team, they're they're going to be something in the future. I'm just not sure they're going to be anything in these playoffs this single season. 
Not sure how much I buy into them. Like I said, I, I think they're more of a team that loses their first playoff game if they do make it in. But I'm starting to think they win the AFC North. Moving to the NFC, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys because they got a 27-20 win over the Washington football team. That score really doesn't exemplify the way in which they dominated the game. Yes, Washington was able to get something going in that fourth quarter. They made a little bit of a run, made it a one-score game. But for the most part, Dallas was in full control the entire day. And they were driven to that win by their defense, who is finally fully healthy. And they look fantastic. That front seven was incredible. Micah Parsons was making plays all day. Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, both involved. Randy Gregory had an interception that was just truly a great play that he made on Taylor Heineke. And it's one of those things where it restores hope in this Dallas team. That's kind of an aspect of this team that's coming roaring back. The front seven aspect is something we really haven't seen all season outside of Micah Parsons. They're finally healthy. Those guys are finally all on the field together. Having those three in that front seven, Micah Parsons, DeMarcus Lawrence, and Randy Gregory, you can't put a stamp on that. Those are three very special players. And it's showing. It really is. I mean, that defensive performance was unbelievable. Now, the problem is the offensive performance did not match it. The offensive performance was not nearly as encouraging. Ezekiel Elliott had only 12 carries for 45 yards. He still looks hurt. I mean, I've been saying it. I don't know why he's there. I get that if he's healthy enough to go play him. I, I Listen, this guy needs to get healthy. You need to have the healthiest version of Ezekiel Elliott going into the playoffs. They are now very much in control of their division. They pretty much have it locked up. They go to New York this weekend in a game that they should be able to win without Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know what's holding them back from sitting him down, protecting him from himself, and getting him into a much healthier spot heading into a potential playoff matchup that they should have. I mean, they, like I said, they have a handle on this division. They are absolutely in the driver's seat now that they were able to win at Washington this past weekend. I don't know what's holding Dallas back. I get that Tony Pollard is now out with a, with a torn plantar fascia. It's very questionable when he, to when he returns, when will he be back? Not, a, not a lot of people out there. know. it's, it's definitely up in the air. That's a big loss if he's not able to come back. I don't know if it's necessarily expected to be season-ending. I haven't seen anything of that nature, so I think he should be back before the playoffs, but nobody knows when exactly in these regular season. Now, the wide receiver core is healthy. The offense is pretty much healthy outside of their running game, obviously, but, but weapons-wise that Dak is using, the guys that Dak needs in the passing game to really get going, they're healthy and they're there. Dak has to be better. Dak Prescott needs to be better for this Dallas Cowboys team. You look at his first six games, he was 5-1. and one. He had a 73% completion percentage. He threw for 302 yards per game. He had a quarterback rating of 115. 16 touchdowns he threw for and only had four interceptions. And then you look at his next six games after that because there was that one Cooper Rush game. He's been 3-3 three and three since. He's got a 63% completion percentage. He's only thrown for 261 yards per game. His quarterback rating is down to 82. He's only thrown eight touchdowns. 
and he has six interceptions. So every number I just named is down from the first six games of this season. The completion percentage is down almost 10%. His yards per game are down over 40. His quarterback rating, I mean, I'm not great at math, looks about 40 points down there. He's got eight less touchdowns. He's got two more interceptions. What the hell is going on? Dak went from an MVP quarterback, a guy that could viably be in the conversation for the MVP of this league, to eh, to okay, he's, he's all right. I mean, the Cowboys paid him his money. The offense has been fairly healthy for two weeks now. He needs to step it up. I don't know what's going on. I, I don't understand why it, it, th- this passing game hasn't looked the way in which that it did in the first six games. Obviously, the running attack not being as effective is, is going to have its implications on the passing game, but it shouldn't be this much. It shouldn't be this bad, this much of a drop-off. This is why they're losing games that they shouldn't lose, namely to the Broncos. You, The passing game is set up by the run. I understand that. But if the run is even remotely you know, there and doing its job, Dak's got to be able to drive this team to wins. He's got to be able to get the passing game going. I mean, you what comes to mind right now that I'm thinking of is the first game in the Buccaneers. The running game was fairly non-existent. They knew they were going to have to score points. They knew they were going to go pass heavy. They went all in on Dak Prescott. And while they weren't able to get a win, they were right there. And they looked like they went toe-to-toe with the former Super Bowl champions, which then makes you think, is this team a Super Bowl team? And then they proceed to go 5-1, and one, and I'm thinking, they really are. This looks like a Super Bowl team. I mean, they still are, roster-wise, a team that should be able to make a run to the Super Bowl. I mean, this running attack is trying to get healthy, but it's not going to be healthy for the next two or three weeks. Even when if Tony Pollard was to get back, I don't think it's going to be for another few weeks. Ezekiel Elliott, they're saying he should be healthier four weeks or, or a few weeks from now. I don't know how that works. I don't know how he's going to play through injury and get healthier. That seems asinine to me. But until they get healthy, Dak needs to be able to carry the load, and he needs to get this offense in a good spot. He needs to get the passing game going yet again because that's the only way this team's going to make a Super Bowl run. They, Dak needs to be able to elevate this offense with his arm. He's got C.D. Lamb. He's got Amari Cooper. He's got Michael Gallup. There are no excuses. He has the guys there that should be open. They should be able to get a step on guys. Right now, it's a matter of him being able to put the ball on a dime where it's supposed to go, and he has not been able to do that consistently in about four to five weeks. The defense is in the best spot it's been all year. You've got Micah Parsons, a rookie, playing like one of the best defensive players in football, if not the best defensive player in football. I'm always going to call Aaron Donald the best defensive player in football because he deserves to be called that. But Micah Parsons is anywhere from two to four. You could argue he is too. You absolutely could with the level of play that he has been able to do for this team. And now all of a sudden they've got their big guns back in Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, and Micah Parsons looks unbelievable. His best game of the season, in my opinion, against the Washington football team. So if that's a sign of what's to come, if that's a sign of what this pass rush is going to look like in games to come, man, oh man, they are in business. That's one thing that makes me think they could still be a Super Bowl team if this defense 
can really be a menace on the pass rush if Trayvon Diggs can continue to play well as a secondary. I mean, he was fantastic against Terry McLaurin. Diggs went out there, may have been his best cover game all year. Terry McLaurin did not have a catch, maybe one. I, I think it's zero. I think he went away from that game with no catches, at least being guarded by Trayvon Diggs. So an incredible performance by him against an elite level wide receiver. Right now, it's a matter of the offense holding up their end for this Dallas team. And that's not something I ever would have said based on the first six games of the season, but this is the reality that they're in. Their defense is more than than doing their job. They, they're in the best spot they could possibly be. They look like they're playing their best football at the perfect time, but the offense is not. And that's what's ultimately going to drive this team past teams that have high-powering offense like the Rams, like the Cardinals, like the Buccaneers, like the Packers. I mean... There's no way you see them beating any of those teams with the level of football they are playing at this moment. Dak Prescott has to be the driving force. He needs to step up at the final few games of this regular season, get this offense in a good spot, make up for the fact that his rushing attack is injured right now and not necessarily in their best form. Ezekiel Elliott can still be effective as a blocker, but he's just not as effective as an explosive running guy like he's usually known to be. If the offense can come around, man, this is a Super Bowl caliber team. They have the roster. They have both sides of the ball. They just simply need to come around. This offense needs to find something that is going to kind of get that magic formula back. Kellen Moore, I've always liked him. I, I think he's a brilliant play caller, but I think he needs to be better. Obviously, Dak Prescott needs to be better. These wide receivers are pretty much doing their job outside of Amari Cooper, who sometimes can disappear. But man, he's one of the best in the league. Dak should be able to find him consistently. I just, I have nothing else to say, but Dak Prescott needs to be better for this Dallas Cowboys team or they are going nowhere. So to finish off today's episode, let's go with the five questions of the week. Number five. What is an under-the-radar AFC Super Bowl-caliber team, a team that could make a run to the playoffs that just has kind of flown under the radar in a sense? I think it's the Indianapolis Colts. And I think it's the Indianapolis Colts because they only have a 7-6 and six record. It's not, of, it's not kind of an example of, of how good they have been, especially as of late. I mean, they've really been able to put some some solid performances together. They came up short against the Buccaneers, but looked really good against the Buffalo Bills. I think it's a tough game for the Patriots this upcoming Saturday. But they're a team that I could see winning the AFC, especially with the landscape of the AFC right now. No team being an, an overwhelming favorite. I think the Colts have a real chance to make a Super Bowl push. Number four, are the Chiefs back? Because they just beat the Las Vegas Raiders 48-9. to Are they back? Are, are they the big bad Chiefs again? Is their offense rolling? And, you know, I'd like to say that they are. I'd like to say that I feel like they are. And they're, they're kind of the team to beat. But the last time we saw them blow out the Raiders 41-14, to they went right back to kind of reverting into that team that just hasn't lived up to expectations this season, hasn't looked like the Chiefs, has has lived off their defense and been able to beat teams that are worse than them, but not in any kind of overwhelming fashion that makes you feel like, oh, this team's on a roll again. No, that's, that's not the case. I, I need to see the Chiefs beat the Chargers on this Thursday night football game. 
And then maybe you can kind of sit back and say, all right, that's seven in a row. They just beat a team that's in a decent spot. I've talked about the Chargers on this episode. They have a real big chance with this game as well. But that would kind of be a game if they could win it in impressive fashion that you kind of say, all right, now they're playing their best football at the right time. They kind of skidded throughout this season, but they are on a real good path and they're rolling. But right now, I am not ready to say the Chiefs are back because We've already seen a performance like this against the Raiders, this exact team, and they went right back to being kind of not looking like themselves. So going to need a big win on Thursday Night Football over the Chargers to kind of prove that, all right, they're, they're back into form. Number three, what are my thoughts on Monday Night Football yesterday? Well, I think it's an extremely impressive win by the Rams, especially with the fact that they were without Tyler Higby and Jalen Ramsey, and they found that information out the day of the game. Those guys went into COVID protocol. They did not play. And I thought Sean McVay did a really good job coaching that game. I thought Matt Stafford made some really impressive throws. He was really good in that game. But McVay, he he had some genius in it as well with the play calling. I thought he got creative. I thought the Van Jefferson touchdown was a big one for the Rams. But the Rams defense finally came to play without one of their best players in Jalen Ramsey. But man, that pass rush was mean all night. Aaron Donald was giving Kyler Murray fits. He wanted no part of being tackled by him. There, there was multiple sacks. We also saw Von Miller get involved. I believe he had an interception. I, I don't know if that actually was Von Miller. It looked like that was his, his jersey number. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think I did hear them say somebody else's name. But either way, Von Miller was good as well. Their defense as a whole was well, so the Rams looked really good, looked like a real contender in the NFC. They split the season series with Arizona, so now it gets really interesting in that division. Every game from here on out is big for either of those teams because obviously they would much rather win their division than be stuck with a wild card team, but it didn't make me think anything less of Arizona. Kyler Murray didn't have his best game. He had some really costly turnovers, but at the end of the day, they were able to give themselves a chance with a crazy kind of onside kick there. It was still a close game. It's not like they got blown out, but definitely one that makes me want to see these two teams play in the playoffs. Let's get the rubber match, but both teams very much Super Bowl contenders, and it was a very impressive win by the Rams who really needed it after some underwhelming weeks to start kind of this full roster being together as a whole. Number two, is it time for the Seahawks and Russ to split up? Yes. Unequivocally, yes. I think they, they've had their riffs. It went back and forth. We saw Russ kind of come out and say, if these are the team, if I was to get traded, these are the teams I want to go to. And he did that again. I mean, there was another report leaked like that about a couple of weeks ago. So it seems like Russ is getting is growing impatient. It seems like the Pete Carroll Russ relationship is is kind of at a point where it might be best for both sides to break up and move on. Now, Russell Wilson and P. Carroll, this will be their first losing season together and very impressive feat. But the defense has not been a driving force of this team in a very long time. They've put a lot on Russell Wilson's plate to have to make it happen without a good offensive line. As much as he does have some weapons in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, his offensive line is brutal. He runs for his life for the most part. Like I said, not a great defense, and it doesn't look like it's getting any better. At the end of the day, it might be time for the Seahawks to go into full rebuild mode and Russell Wilson to finish his career elsewhere. That's just how I feel, and I think it's becoming very obvious, to be honest with you. Number one, Packers or Buccaneers? 
They are both 10-3, and three, and the Packers look fantastic. That offensive is explosive. Aaron Rodgers is special yet again. He is rolling. They're getting guys involved like Alan Lazard was against the Bears this past week. MVS, has, Marcus Valdez-Scantling has really been a factor as well in the big plays every here and there. And obviously, Devonta Adams still special special player. Aaron Jones, their defense has really been able to step up and be good this season as well. But I'm always sticking with the Buccaneers. I'm sticking with Tom Brady. I'm sticking with the fact that he and Gronk are really doing well together, have that connection back in full swing, still have playmakers on the outside with Mike Evans. You got a real good slot option, Chris Godwin. I mean, Leonard Fournette has come around. The rushing game's come around. They need their defense to kind of continue to step it up and be better and better heading into this playoff run. But I am sticking with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they're winning the NFC. I think that Brady's playing at an MVP level. He's he's sticking around for a reason because he still thinks he can be the best. He got himself in a situation where he's surrounded with a ton of talent. And I think the Bucs are going back to the Super Bowl. I'll continue to say it because I really believe it. And I, I, the minute that the Super Bowl ended last year, I said these two same teams are going to play in the Super Bowl next season, which would now be this year. And I'm very confident in the Bucs, not quite as confident in the Chiefs, but it could still very much happen. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It was a lot of fun, and I will be back either at the end of this week or probably the beginning of next. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in and spending some time with us. Make sure to stay posted for new episodes and content. This show was recorded at Rhythm Room Studios in North Smithfield, Rhode Island by Nick Cloutier. Cloutier Productions, LLC.